Baseball is a complicated and frustrating game, isn't it? We as White Sox fans know this firsthand. Life, just like baseball, can be complicated and frustrating. If your life is becoming too complicated and frustrating, the counselors at True Heights Treatment are here to help. True Heights Treatment offers both in-person and online sessions to clients anywhere in the state of Illinois. Learn more at www.trueheightstx.com or call the office at 708-248-7039. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a very fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. I am Nick Morowski, and you can find this podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV. We've got a Facebook fan page. Uh, talking White Sox, the week that was for our 55 and 53 Chicago White Sox. A lot to get to. Let me bring in my co-host, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. My friend, congratulations. Uh, second place today in the Run Your Socks Off, Nick Morowski. Uh, what was your time? Like three minutes? It was amazing. You're, <laughs> you're basically flash. Uh, really proud of you, my friend, and uh, going for going for the first place uh, of, of all next year. I can't wait to see it. A year of training ahead of you, and, and uh, training starts now. If I, it, you should be on the treadmill as we speak. Yep. Uh, 21-18 was my time. Now, second place in my age bracket, um, 40 to 49. I so. really think that's you're just using that as a crutch. Why don't you... Why don't you just go unaged? You're ageless. You're an ageless wonder. Go in and just see how you do against the young bucks. Now, 23rd overall out of um, 1,200 uh, racers. Do you, is this is 23rd overall male and female or just the males? Uh, 23rd overall and then 21st uh, of 675. What did you wear? What what, what was the attire today? Did you put the, the pasties on? Mm, no, well, I the wore, guards? Uh, well, what do you, I have a, um, I have a body glide. It's like a, I thought you were say a body glove. <laughs> it's just body suit, man. Yeah. Uh, I have got a, uh, it's like, a, what is a body glide? Tell well, me, most, tell me what most runners glide, are and folks, uh, if you're not familiar with this, the, the, uh, today was the run your socks off, uh, white socks charities, 5k, a run walk, uh, at the ballpark, uh, Sunday morning. Thick one, extremely mm-hmm. humid. Uh, body glide is uh, like it's a it's like it looks like deodorant, comes in a variety of sizes, and you, you're going to want to rub it anywhere where you might be chafed by clothing. Mm-hmm. So some people will put it um, chest, nipples, neck area where your ah. maybe your collar is, okay. um, uh, your hips, uh, anywhere mm-hmm. where you might have a little bit of uh, a chafing. Um, you know, some people bandage up, they don't want to bleed. I think of Andy Bernard in the office, uh, where he, you know, put the band-aids over the nipples to prevent the bleeding. Um, we can go into a whole different thing that you can do, but, um, it was thick out there, Pat. It was, uh, very humid, but they do a nice job. You know, a lot of volunteers come out 
the course, you know, it's it, you're just running through the parking lots, folks. Yeah. Uh, that's all you're really you're doing. But you're finishing um, center field, you know, where they open up those walls, like when the uh, when the Chevy cars used to come out, where the players mm-hmm. used to sit during opening day, and they would parade them around the field like that <laughs> opening. That, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that that opening right there is where you finish. You run out there, finish, and then you walk. Um, warning track along the first base line and then you take a picture at home plate and then whoever designed this whole thing were like now let's make them climb up the stairs to get to the (laughs) concourse so after you've just run you've got a hundred steps or whatever to climb and then they have a nice little gathering on the concourse got to meet and talk to a lot of a lot of people uh talking socks running all that kinds of stuff uh thankfully it rained a little bit but um, no lightning. It was safe. Uh, it was a fun event. Any injuries to report? None from me. Um, yeah. And I didn't hear of anybody slipping. I mean, it was a slick surface. So I don't mm-hmm. think any, I didn't hear of anybody wiping out. I didn't hear any sirens uh, or anything. Uh, I just assume as soon as you step foot on on the turf, <laughs> then you automatically pull a hamstring. Now, I, I, I'm not going to pop. I don't even know who this person was. And I apologize if you're listening and you know, this is who you are. I'm, hey, it could have been anybody. There was somebody that was just heaving in a trash bin uh, along the route multiple times, multiple times. Tell me, tell me how many it is in in uh, American terms. I don't want. Uh, what is miles? Tell me miles. Uh, Three point one. Oh, uh, when you're heaving, ah, come on. Well, it was thick, and who knows what kind of evening this person had uh, on Saturday night. And they were a little bit ahead of me, so they were really they were really pushing it. And uh, a couple times they they stopped and they had okay. to um, you know deposit some things. Easy, so. easy for me to say I didn't run. So <laughs> here, here you are, armchair <laughs> quarterback. Uh, well, I would know. just say take better care of yourself. <laughs> know your limits. Well, I know my it, limits. I didn't run. Any runner will tell you um, it's what you put in your body the night before. That's what you're doing. Oh, you hydrate okay. the night before. You know, instead of that last second, like, you know, hey, the Gatorade and the in the water in the morning is good, but really you have to put the work in the night before. Gotcha. Um, so all right. Little, well, enough yeah. of that. That was yeah, fantastic. Exactly. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank we're you. We're all thrilled friend. for you. <laughs> uh, how about this White Sox teams, Pat? Uh, Pat? Last time we talked, we were anticipating some moves that maybe were going to be made before the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Uh, we made some predictions. I think we were both on the lefty reliever, the serviceable lefty mm-hmm. reliever, which they acquired in Jake Diekman and sent uh, Reese McGuire uh, to the Red Sox. So Reese McGuire was acquired via a trade before uh, the season started, and we sent him away via trade. And I like what I've seen out of Jake Diekman. We'll probably talk a little bit about him in this episode, but um, here the Sox are 55 and 53, uh, two games back in the AL Central, which, I mean, when they started this series with the Rangers, I think that's where they were. So mm-hmm. not a lot of movement was made. Uh, they've got this, they're in the midst of this 19 game stretch folks where they're playing sub 500 teams. And, uh, the Sox right now are seven and five during that, uh, stretch. So not ideal, uh, Sox split with the Rangers. They've got an off day on Monday and then uh, a four game series with Texas and then Detroit. So Pat, I mean, let's get into, I guess the trade deadline first, if, if you yeah. don't mind. Sure. Um, well, as we were approaching that bewitching hour, 
uh, you know, I, I was talking on a Twitter space with some folks, um, you know, that are in the know and, and a lot of theories and ideas flying around about who they might go after. And uh, maybe Han's going to swoop in at the last minute and grab Jack Peterson or something. And nothing happened before you even maybe heard any of the Han comments or anything like that. What were your reactions when, when nothing was done? Well, I, I don't think I had much of a reaction there because I've kind of resorted to the, this mantra. I've started expect nothing, hope for the best. That's, that's your new white Sox, uh, you know, billboard next year, right? <laughs> you know, it's not change the game. It's white Sox baseball. Expect nothing. Hope for the best. <laughs> oh, Buy your tickets God. today. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not surprised to be because I just felt like going in and we, we talked about it when we recorded last. I really didn't have much expectation. The first thing I said was lefty reliever, which was, you know, which came to fruition. But I just didn't feel like there was enough pieces, you know, whether it was on the major league club or in the minors to make any kind of significant move. Not anything that was going to pacify or, or you know. Uh, satisfy any of the fan base. You just weren't. So whatever Han did or didn't do, it, it was going to be, you know, caught with a lot of angst and, and, you know, wringing hands and gnashing of teeth. So I wasn't at all surprised that there was no move made. It didn't make me happy, but uh, again, there wasn't anybody, you know, in the system that you were thinking, okay, this could be the piece that they move. Now, Jake Berger's back, you know, with the Knights and he's hitting the ball and, 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 and on a rehab assignment, we had talked about maybe Sheets is that guy that's expendable that you move. But apparently there wasn't a partner that that was out there that you could line up with. That's what Han said. But again, I'm not surprised. It wasn't like the the system is loaded with a ton of minor league talent that other teams are really going to covet. I don't think. Mm. Yeah, I um I agree with you on the on the piece that would have really put us in the AL elite. Like I don't think the Sox were going to be able to to get somebody that was going to put us in the Yankees and Astros. And boy, did they make moves! Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, they made moves. Um, I, I don't think anyone was going to get us into that conversation. But here we are floundering around that you know AL Central. Nobody seems to want to win this division. Nobody's putting us out of uh, our misery. So why don't we go win this division? You know, just not lose it. You know, if you know what I mean. And, mm-hmm. um, when I heard these rumors about, uh, wow, the Sox put together a serious package for Shohei Otani. And I, I, yeah. what I, okay. A, I don't believe that, but, but B, if you float that idea to Sox fans, you know, if you let that leak out, then you, the only thing you come walking away with is Jake Diekman. That's bad. That's a bad look. In my I, I think that was put out there knowing that there wasn't going to be anything done. So let's make sure we let the fan base know we're trying. That's that's the, hey, by the way, we're still here and we're trying. We understand that you want to see us do something. So let's make sure that this story gets out. It's ridiculous, Nick. It's there, There's no way in hell that the Sox were trading were Shohei Otani. But yeah, I can make a call. You and I can make a call sure. and say we would like to trade our our podcast mics for Shohei Otani. <laughs> it's the biggest value piece we have on this show, and we would like to offer that up for Shohei Otani. And that's yeah. a, from our perspective, that's a serious we made offer. A call. We could, we, yeah, we, we made, made a call. call. Yeah, now and we could la- get laughed out the door, and then life goes on. If there was a serious um, package put together, okay, let's just like 
let's you know this is all hypothetical we don't know we didn't hear any names we don't even know if it was real you know could it just been you know someone from the front office leaking something to john Heyman and saying hey say this please um if there really were players put together for Otani, then why wouldn't the Sox be able to use some of those players to maybe get a lesser of talent that could help mm. this team right now? So I would imagine if you're making that call and if it's quote unquote serious, it probably because a lot of conversations in the past have always started with Robert, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a trade for Shohei Otani, it probably starts with with Robert. I don't think I, outside of someone like uh, an Otani talent, an MVP type talent, I don't think I'm moving uh, Robert. I don't know who the next person is, if it's Aloy, but I would imagine they're looking for some pitching, right? Whoever, if you're going to be trading something like that. I would say Kopech was involved in the conversation. Somebody's going to want a top of the line, young, controllable pitcher, I think, in, in return. And I just don't know, again, if you're going to get rid of guys, you got to have to be confident you can, Fill it back in. Now we can go back to, you know, Rodon and letting Rodon walk without giving him the qualifying offer. The reason why you let him walk is because you felt really comfortable with Kopech stepping into that spot, regardless if it was the right move or not. That's not what I'm discussing. All I'm saying is you feel good about filling that slot with somebody currently on the roster. I don't think we have that. If you move another starter out to get a piece, you don't have another viable starter to, you know, come back in and take that role. So I, again, I just don't feel like, and I, I don't feel like Han was lying either. I feel like there wasn't anything that was lined up that it just didn't work in their favor for what they had to offer. Do you think they were, I, I'm just trying to figure out his mindset and, and that's probably an impossible task, oh, but Lord. you know, they, they get Jake Diekman, which we've seen three outings from Jake Diekman, I think mm-hmm. uh, may, maybe four, but uh, just for he gave up his first run on Sunday, a solo home run to Nathaniel Lowe, who actually had a really good series, uh, powerful left handed hitter for Texas. Mm-hmm. So I've not, I don't feel too bad about that, uh, because he hit the sacks well. But De- Deakman has looked really good and good mm-hmm. against lefties, and not a, not a name that was really talked about a lot. Matt Moore was a guy that we saw this weekend with Texas that was talked about uh, quite a bit. Um, so why not, you know, I, I, why not go and try to not have such high expectations of like, well, this maybe didn't line up exactly, but it's going to line up somewhat. And we got a guy like Diekman who, again, not a household name, but Mm -hmm. I clearly is going to fill a hole or a void. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, a, a mega star, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, if it works and it fits, it, it could be the adjustment that this team needs. And, and yeah. that's where I think the fan base was like, try somehow to get better. Like, yeah. you, okay, maybe sh- it's the old uh, Seinfeld thing where Costanza is like, I've got a system where I look for the best parking spot and then I make circles around, you know, and I finally then land on something. Okay, so Han shot for the moon. And then like, okay, work your way around to maybe something else yeah. uh, that could be uh, serviceable in the outfield, uh, upgrade defensively, you know, or that left-handed bat that they're searching. Yeah. And I think the the other part of it, Nick, and why fans and, and a lot of the media was so hard on, and I not defending them either. I, I think they're right for being hard on, on Han in the front office, 
for really not making a move is because they didn't do anything in the off season either. And, and you and I talked about, I I played devil's advocate. I said, well, the, the, the moves Han makes doesn't necessarily always have to happen in the winter or just before spring training starts, you have the, the trade deadline. And I think a lot of us as fans were thinking, okay, uh, we didn't really get much done, but let's see where we're at at the trade deadline. And then maybe that's where the move is made and nothing was done. So Rick hasn't really done anything, uh, all, all year. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, there's who's been moves, responsible, but who's responsible for Johnny Cueto? Well, Rick Hahn is. So there, there's, the, there's the conundrum, right? Nick, there's, there's the Johnny Cueto moves of the world that Rick has done. And there's, and let's, let's, you can go back to, you know, trading Quintana for, for Cease and Aloy. And, and regardless of whatever Aloy is, uh, Cease is, is, you know, right now proving to be the best piece back. And, and we won that trade. And that might be something that, you know, Cubs fans will look back on, uh, for years to come. Like we used to look back on the Sammy Sosa deal, right. And mm-hmm. go, Oh my God, how did we ever let that happen? So, uh, you know, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't know. I don't Sometimes I just don't know how to think of Rick on because there's moves like that. Like you just said, like the Johnny Cueto's the, you know, picking that up and taking a flyer. But is, is that really that fantastic of a move as a guy that was nobody wanted and you're taking a flyer on him and yeah, he pitched well enough so, in, in the minors to, to bring himself up here. You know what, what this was talked about a little bit on NBC Sports Chicago, I believe in the pregame, and Chuck and Ozzy kind of floated this, and, and Ozzy really credited the scouts, whoever mm. was scouting Cueto and yeah. in the in the Sacks organization and that was watching him and that maybe then told the front office, like, hey, uh looked at this guy, I've seen what he's been doing. Um, I think this is something we we go after. Um Look, I don't know what what part of it is Ethan Katz, who's got a relationship with him. I think from from San Francisco, um, it, it to see the Twins make some moves and and they weren't groundbreaking moves, but they got better. Well, they've got some arms. They got a backup catcher. Okay, nothing outstanding, but it was something, you know. And I just I feel like the Sox were anticipating. Okay, you're going to get Robert back, and what our move is going to be is that everyone's going to start living up to their potential. Yeah. Like I, I just have from reading in between the lines of what Han's been saying uh, over the year about guys and even La Russa, guys not living up to the back of their bubble, bu- bubble gum card. Like that's what we're waiting for. And mm-hmm. when that happens, everyone will see, haha, we didn't have to make a move. Now, the yeah. one thing that really irritated me is, you know, Han kind of talking about, Sheets's numbers since coming back from triple a and like you see what sheets is doing and and that might be the thing you know that might be our answer and that is like he continues to to roll that out that message and i i just i'm sorry man i i don't he doesn't bring anything to you in the outfield mm-hmm. and the only reason he's in the outfield is because you want his lefty bat and when the lefty bat doesn't produce every night, you know, and just produces every now and then, you're such a liability in right yeah. field. Yeah, something really has to be done, regardless of what happens you know, the rest of the way, whether they win this division or fall short. Something has to be done about the redundancy in terms of players and 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 skill set that you have uh, on this team, because you've got we've talked about it at nauseum. You've got a lot of first basemen and DHs on this team. Somebody has to go and you have to turn those guys into the things that you need. 
right, Nick? You can't just yeah. continue to to stockpile your system and your and your uh, your twenty seven man roster with DHs. You just can't. So there's got to be something to be done about that because you know Yaz isn't going anywhere, right? And and he's got to he's got to catch and he's going to DH, and you, you've got to figure out right field, and you've got and Vaughn isn't going anywhere. Right, he's going to DH and play first. And Abreu, I don't know what's going to happen with Abreu, but if he stays, he's going to be a DH and play first. So again, we just have a lot of DH first baseman slash. Sometimes, hopefully, if he's healthy, going to catch. And that's why I was hoping, you know, they would package sheets up with, you know, maybe a couple guys from the farm and maybe one of our arms. I don't know just spitballing Davis Martin, you know, guys that like have been able to flash a little bit and maybe yeah. a team uh, will, will bite, but you got to have a dance partner. They need to have something mm-hmm. that we need. And, and maybe that's what Han is talking about where it just didn't line up. Like we had some things, but the teams that um, <clears throat> could have used what we had offered, like they didn't have anything for us in return. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. You know, I'm seeing Andrew Vaughn play first on Sunday. Abreu's DHing. I hope that's the future. Honestly, if Abreu mm-hmm. comes back next year, which is kind of like a whole separate podcast episode, yeah. he's he's made some cryptic statements. You know, over the last like few weeks, just about look, I can only control what I can control. I don't know what's going on with this clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what my future holds. Like I'm here now. I'm trying to do everything I can for this organization. Um, I have, a, if I were to bet right now, I would say he'd come back on maybe like a one-year deal or something like that, maybe a two-year deal. Yeah. But someone would have to say to him, "Friend, you are the DH." You know. But then what they would do is play the handness thing, depending on who's the manager. And he wouldn't be the everyday DH. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, if there was a righty on the mound, we would be having a lefty platoon because that's what they like to do. I mean, this this was the 107th game. Abreu's played in 105 games. The dude wants to play every day. So if you tell him, well, now you're DHing, but you're kind of platoon DHing, I don't think that's going to go over well. That's the issue. Yeah. It, it, again, it's a conundrum. And I don't know. It, it, they're in a weird spot. We came into this season, Nick, really excited about the players in this on this team in this lineup. For the first time, we got to see our our projected lineup that we thought we would see at day one in this season. Finally, on the field all together, and they put up a goose egg. So, yeah, I, I'd like to think though, Nick, I'd still like to hold on to some glimpse of hope that if this team can have some consistency in terms of We've talked about it all year, but a consistent lineup, consistent position on the field, knowing when you're going to be hitting, who's going to be hitting behind you and in front of you, all that kind of stuff. I would like to believe that this team will actually start to produce on a consistent basis. It seems way too simple to me, but I I think that's uh, at some point you just have to go with it and say, this is it boys. And we're going and no days off. I don't care. Except yeah, for Thursday, tomorrow, because there's a day off. Yeah. Th- Thursday, <laughs> that first game where they had all six of their quote-unquote core, uh, which was game one, I believe, of the Texas series this past week. Yeah. When they when they fell flat, that one really 
that one really hit me like, oh boy, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we've been pining for, mm-hmm. you know, and people, and, and they talked about it, you know, Jose Abreu and others were well aware in statements um, prior to the game. Like, this is what we've wanted since spring training. We've wanted to see this. Here we go. Kind of like season starts now. And, you know, I, I you just got to scratch your head, you know, yeah. and then they, they, they win Friday two to one and sees pitches out of his mind again. Uh, and then they fall completely flat uh, on Saturday. They let Dane Dunning completely, you know, mow them down. Kopech looks lost. He did not have a very good outing at all. Sacks get like two hits in the game. And then they come back on Sunday and they, you know, destroy the baseball. Yeah. Uh, 15 hits. Uh, four, four guys with three hits in the lineup uh, to, to win eight to two. And, you know, and, and I think eventually you just have to say as a fan, like, this is who they are and this is how it's going to go the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what 53 games left, some, something like that. Am I right with No, that sounds about right. Yep. Um, and you got the last nine games of the season, six of them are against the twins. At some point you have to just admit it, you know, as a fan, Mm -hmm. this is what I struggle with personally as a Sox fan is I try to talk myself into no, especially on an off day, you know, to, on, on Monday, I'll, I'll they got it. They're, they're going to go on a stretch here. You know, they're going to take three or four against the, the Royals. They're going to sweep Detroit. They're going to go on a run. They're going to rest. Who are you having this conversation with, by the My, way? You're, myself. You're, you're, I have, I, <laughs> you're baby. You're just holding yeah, him and saying, Vince, listen, this is what's going to happen. Well, listen, does this sound <laughs> rational to you? Um, you know what? Don't say anything. Just listen. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, you talk yourself into this and then reality hits and you're like, oh yeah, they're a 500 team, you know? And I think this is how it's going to go. Win a couple, lose a couple. We keep waiting for that, you know, to just rip, rip some off. And then after Thursday, when they had that six core guys, um, and they couldn't do anything with it, uh, that was maddening. Now, one of the guys in that six core, I got to ask you about, and you mentioned his name a couple minutes ago. Yasmani Grandal, you are sometimes you're just done, right? Like you are done. You can't play the position anymore. Um, you know, you still maybe have years on your contract or, or money or what have you. You know, you hit a double every now and then, but he hasn't hit a home run in 32 games, yeah. something like that. Um, I, I'm sorry, but he's just clogging up a space. Yeah, it's you strange, know, he, Nick, because he came back in that second half last year. And he was murdering the ball. I mean, he was uh, on fire. And that's a guy that I think that we've been hoping to see, maybe not even to that level, just something below that. He just has been a non-factor, non-contributor. Everything, it seems like he's got a little bit of bad luck too, right? Anything that's hit hard, it's right at somebody, but he's not elevating anything. And, you know, it's a lot of ground balls into the shift. So until he starts hitting it over the shift, he's going to have a lot of trouble. So, I don't know if we'll ever see any kind of version of the second half Yasmani Grandal that we we were enjoy, enjoying watching last year. But, you know, if if it could be something close to that, that would be great. There's your trade, right? There's your trade deadline, your big acquisition. Yasmani Grandal playing well. Can I don't we know, stop? man. It just doesn't look good. Can we stop having him as a DH, though, when Zavala's catching? 
You know, if you're not yeah, catching Yaz, just be on the bench and, yeah. and we'll let someone else be the DH because you're bad. I'm sorry. You know, you're, you're a serviceable catcher right now. Um, you, the fact that you can't catch like multiple games in a row, definitely not three games in a row. Like your knees are, are a problem. Your legs are a problem. You're at that age, man. Yeah. I, I'm the writings on the wall. He kind of reminds me in terms of offensively, like Edwin Encarnacion a couple of years oh, ago, boy, where, Kevin. I mean, we, we thought, okay, I, li- I like this bat we could be getting. Um, but he's on the, he's on the decline and he sure was, man. Yeah. We, we did not get the Edwin Encarnacion we wanted. And, and it, and I don't think he ever even got picked up with anybody after that. No, like, I don't it's believe just, so. It, it's over, man. Like, you know, it, someone comes and knocks on and just kind of like taps you on your shoulder, you know, the baseball grim reaper and is mm-hmm. like, Hey, your, your time, your time's up, man. You, you thought maybe you had more time and, but everybody's got a time to, to, to hang it up. And I know it's not easy, but he did, he just looks, you know, he's painful. Unfortunately, Nick, contractually, there's not really much the Sox can do. I mean, that's a lot of money you'd have yeah. to eat. So I think you just have to ride it out and hope you get something out of him. The second half of the, you know, the second half we're well past the second half yeah. talk, but you know, the, the last 50 plus games of the season, whatever he plays, hopefully he contributes something. Uh, and, and really just take, take the off season and, I don't know. Get the foam roller out. Go see Nick Murawski's rub down house, and and hopefully he takes. <laughs> just, uh, that does not sound like a place no. That that's should not be what the basement's or... called. No. Okay. Do you have a license? You should have a license. I would imagine you have a license somewhere for that. Well, but I you just. Should, I mean, you should be really taking care of people in the off season. Is what I'm saying. I uh, I'm sure he is. Uh, he's got a, a you know a whole team of, of people, but sometimes the, the the knees are gone. Like yeah. sometimes your knees are gone, your shoulders are gone, you know your your feet are gone. We we've we've known of NBA players where their feet you know, they just can't play. Um, yeah. They just can't do it anymore. And obviously in the NFL, there's those types of situations, just the beatings that they take. Uh, another guy that. You know, he he kind of got on a little heater uh, for 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 a minute there, uh, but man, the last thirty games, if you look at his numbers, and he had a horrible uh, Texas series as Yoan Mankata, um, and uh, everyone's going to give him the Jay Cutler treatment with his body language and and look how he walks back to the dugout with his you know no no facial reaction. Does he even want to you know play the game of baseball anymore? And I can't speak to that. You know, I think he's just cut from a different cloth. Like he's got obviously all the tools. He doesn't bring the bat out to the field. He plays some great defense still. Um, I I don't know what he's looking for at the plate though. Like he's just missing 94 mile an hour fastballs. He's letting pitches go um, that are, you know, on the corner, but they're strikes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't figure it out. I don't think anybody can. It seems to be about six of the nine guys in the lineup on a, on a given night, Nick. It's that's everybody. Everybody's, uh, you know, the, the approach that this team has at the plate, and it's been well documented if you're, if you're on Twitter for sure, the undisciplined nature of mm-hmm. this team, the mm-hmm. fact that they don't draw any walks, the fact that there's, they're, they're flailing at middle, middle fastballs that seem like they should just be crushed. Um, it's and everything gets runners beaten into the ground. Yeah. Everything gets beaten with, into it. If, um, if Manichino has his job after this season, it's a, it's a true crime. 
It really is, Nick. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, there's there's got to be some. There's got to be a different voice. There's got to be something. And again, you can't fire all the players. I get it. The players should be playing better than they are. But something in the way that they're being instructed to to get to the plate is is off. Wouldn't you think? Like, yeah. Th- th- there's got to be. There's smart people, right, in in that organization that say. You know, we're we're in the bottom, if not the bottom of the league in terms of walks and on base percentage and runs scored. Chase rate home is runs, ridiculous. Yeah. Everything is bad. Maybe we should change our approach a little bit. Right? Yeah. I we we've kind of hinted at this and talked about it on on what's the difficult um how difficult is it for to ask a player in season to all of a sudden switch up their approach and like start being more aggressive. Um, you know, Tim Anderson loves the first pitch mm-hmm. and how, what, how do you change that as a leadoff hitter of, you know what, even if that first pitch is middle, middle, I want you at least to see a strike. Like that's, yeah. that's what you need to do. Get in the mindset of making this pitcher work a little bit, um, get into their head. I, I don't know how, I don't know what that, what that's like, or if players just simply say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or yeah. I'm playing for me. I, it is fascinating um, because I just often find that the White Sox game plan is uh, flawed. Like, like mm-hmm. you, the opposition seems to like have a plan. Like the other night, <clears throat> they were facing Cueto. Uh, who was facing Cueto? The uh, Rangers was it for mm-hmm. the first game? Yep. Rangers were jumping all over first pitch, first or first or second pitch of Cueto, because Cueto. If you get deep into an account with Cueto, Cueto starts messing with you. You know, he starts mixing mm-hmm. up his 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 uh, delivery. He starts uh, quick pitching you. You know, he's got some breaking stuff. So I think the message was, look, jump all over some early stuff, get to him. And that's what the Rangers were doing. You know, um, I don't see the Sox do that a lot of times. Uh, you don't know what their plan is. Yeah, like, it doesn't like, seem like, like they have a, a plan. Other than know? other than maybe tonight's the night we can get nine singles in a row. Well, Let's the try plan, and do that. The plan seems to be home runs. Let's just hit a bunch of home runs and it'll solve all the problems. But, um, yeah, you know, it, again, the power numbers haven't been there. And yeah. God forbid at home, don't, don't bother looking at their numbers at home. That's another... Uh, head scratcher. So when when they say that they got their core back that they've been wanting to, it's like, well, what's the value of Mancada right now? What's the value of Grandal as part of that core? I would I would insert you know Vaughn into that core and, and tell you know Grandal like you're no longer part of the the six man core. Remember the four horsemen, Pat? The yeah, WCW I do. Four yeah. horsemen. Like yeah, the, the six horsemen. Um, you're you're out. You're Ron's out. In. You're, um, you're outside. I, I, someone I wanted to, I wrote down in my notes, uh, the, uh, the long notes I take before a good <laughs> guy's talk. You're like Tony Broadway. Kornheiser where you've got the yeah. yellow pad. For, yeah, uh, I do have the yellow pad here yeah. in front of me with four bullet points. Uh, Tim Anderson, <laughs> Tim Anderson swing. What is, what is wrong with Tim Anderson swing right now? It looks, it, it looks long. It Big, looks, yeah. it looks, uh, he looks completely again. I've never swung a bat in, in a batter's box in my entire life other than at Sonny's Delight at the uh, at the batting cages, okay? So I, I'm no expert, but he, he's been swinging and missing and looking like it almost looks like <laughs> he's swinging a bat that's way too heavy for him because he's falling all over the place. Yeah. And, it, you know, you know when T.A. is good, when he's on the ball, the hands are quick, 
and it, it's everything looks controlled. Like he, mm-hmm. he looks like he's in control of everything. Right now, he looks all over the place. Yeah. So he he was um, he was zero for four um, on uh, Friday night, zero for four Saturday, so zero for eight in in those middle games, and then Sunday he started his uh, two game suspension. Mm-hmm. It was a three game suspension. Now a two game suspension. So yeah, he, he and he's been rough for a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. Striking out, just you know, again another culprit for grounding into double plays, uh, hitting the ball uh, on the ground. We need uh, something driven for a sacrifice fly or, or just something out there uh, when we've got runners in scoring position. So yeah, it looks like he's looking for something. He's looking and he's not getting it, and he's like deciding to just or he's got the mentality of. I'm swinging at anything right now. Yeah. And, just, and then I'm that's a sell out and we got to get yeah. something going. So be damned if I strike out. And that's a Hawk used to talk about. That's a dangerous game to play when like you don't have an approach and you don't have a mm-hmm. plan and you're just kind of going to be waving at anything that's up there. Like you got to know what you're looking for and then adjust off of that. And yeah. it doesn't look like he's doing that at all. And, and frankly, man, I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, if we're going to stay on TA, his defense has been atrocious lately. Yeah. He, he looks lost again. He, I know there's rumors of stuff going on in his personal life. I think it's probably best that he sat today. He's got Monday off and you know, the, the talk of the town after the game was AJ Pollock hitting in the leadoff spot. He had a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. Does Pollock stay in the number his number one spot even when TA comes back? I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I've seen so much inconsistency from an AJ Pollock anyway, and you know he's not going to get you know that many games in a row, yeah, right? Because he's going to have to take some time off. Yeah. So, what is the use of putting someone up there that's supposed to ignite the offense and be your one of your best hitters when you can't consistently put him in the lineup every day, Nick? So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine if you want to do that again when when TA is out. But we've got a doubleheader coming up against Kansas City. You sure as hell know that Pollock's not going to play both of those games. So I'd imagine TA is playing game two, unless I would say unless unless there's an extended rest because that wouldn't (laughs) shock me either. Well, we had a he had he had off on Sunday, you know, regular off day on on Monday. And uh, a lot first of travel, game of the, the, the plane yeah, sitting it's hot, it's yeah. hot in Kansas City. <laughs> so we're going to give Tim the full day off. I could you know see what? And that. I would. Hey, at this point, it's like he he might need he might need some time. Yeah. I, I don't get it. It might be a more of a mental thing. Um, he doesn't look right at all. Uh, I I have been really happy to see Aloy play though. We're yes. talking like nine, eight or nine games in a row. Yeah, and uh, he's looking like he's comfortable. Maybe Aloy's the po- looking good. Yeah. Maybe the power numbers aren't like where everybody wants them, but compared to what the rest of the White Sox are doing, mm-hmm. he's 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 found some consistency. Yeah. And he talked about it. He, he's I think there was an article that uh, our friend James Vegan wrote in the Athletic last week. Aloy, to the point, said it's been tough for me to like play two games and then have to go sit and play mm-hmm. a game and then sit for two. Uh, it's nice to know I'm going to be out there, you know, every single day in some capacity, left field or DH. It's good to see him barreling up the ball, whether he's hitting the ball at the ballpark or not. He's being productive and being a you know disrupting factor in that lineup. And it's nice to see Robert back and, and playing. And he had about, I think he hit three on the screws today. He only was, uh, you know, a couple of them caught, but uh, that's a that's a plus. 
you know, we, there are some positives on this team. We've spent almost 40 minutes talking about all the negatives other than your second place finish in the 40 and over <laughs> 5K run. But there are some positives to talk about, right? Uh, We've, Dylan Cease is, is going to be waiting talk to about sign someday, yeah. but right, enjoy him now. Stay, stay right there. I mean, all right. you know, we're watching something here that we, you and I, over 40, okay, we haven't seen this in a long time. In a long time, Jack McDowell is your last mm-hmm. White Sox uh, player that won a Cy Young in 1993, mm-hmm. and he walked. Uh, he became a Yankee in 1995. Um, somewhat similar treatment to Alex Fernandez and Wilson Alvarez. Uh, Mark Burley wore another White Sox jersey, kind of in the back nine of his career. He should have never done that. Uh, Chris Sale. Um, started the rebuild so that's you know kind of just put that there um john danks was the big was the big one to offer a contract to i mean what cease is doing he's not only the best pitcher in the al he's the best best pitcher right now in this stretch in all of baseball 13 Mm -hmm. straight starts of one earned run or less i mean that hasn't happened since like the early 1900s um it's amazing what he's doing i you know I, I'm I'm putting it out there on social media. I'm telling people when I talk to them, just enjoy him. Enjoy mm-hmm. him now. Uh, try to get to games when he's going to pitch because, honestly, this, this organization has no track record for re-signing. Do you have yeah. any hope in that at all? No. You, you, expect nothing. Hope for the best, Nick. I mean, that's <laughs> what it is. There, there really is no reason for us because it, it will get to that point, Nick, where – there's going to be a there's going to be a time when you and I are talking and you know could they could they bring him back how long what what are the what are the rumors saying and we're going to talk and talk and talk about it and most likely especially since you know Boris is his is his mm-hmm. uh, agent he's going to be demanding top dollar you know there's not going to be we're we're going to and and you know what's going to happen Nick we offered him a fair contract oh, and, sure. and uh, yeah. it'll be, with, it'll be laced with uh, yeah, incentives. <laughs> just, you know, gerrymandered. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if you can, if you can manage to ride a horse into the ballpark, you hit an incentive, you know, it's going to be craziness. It's, yeah. It, it, it'll be no all chance. kind of loaded with all different structures. So it's somewhat friendly and uh, the Sox will want to play it their way, not the way Cease wants to play it and his agency. And I hate to be pessimistic, but folks, I mean, tell me like if there is someone out there in Sox history that we uh, really signed in their prime, there just hasn't been a lot of sample sizes. Okay. And Danks was the one guy that they decided to, to put money in. And that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, and you know, got... he's going to free agency, Nick, because that's what Boris clients do. Sure. You know, the Sox, Rick Hahn, to, to his credit has always been able to get to at least possession players, you know, in advance guys, they wanted to lock up for long-term deals. I take that back. Even with, I think it was sailing Quintana. He had them on team friendly deals. He yes. locked them up yep. early in their, in their careers. And, and there wasn't anything to be worried about, but this is a different situation. You've got a guy that's, you know, projecting to be, you know, one of the top pitchers in all of baseball for an extended period of time. And his agent is going to force, not force him, but he will go to free agency and he will demand a lot of dollars. And again, with the history with this team and that agent, not as so good. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's just the reality, folks. Um, so he has been a pleasure to watch. He is kind of what Sale was, uh, obviously, you know, 2014, 2015. I mean, those were like must-see uh, games. Like the Sox were, were struggling some of those years, and you, but you'd know it was a Sale day, and like, oh, this is going to be a fun game. Let's, you know what, let's go to that game because Sale's going to be pitching or make sure we watch – because he'd put up double-digit strikeouts, and it was electric what he was doing. You know, you were watching something special that would live in White Sox lore for many, many years. Um, I, I don't see Cease being part of like a re- rebuild 2.0 where they're going to trade him, uh, you know, and recoup and, and try to like kind of do a quick like fix or, or mini rebuild on the fly. I don't see that, um, but I really don't see them. Uh, resigning him, retaining him. It's just enjoy him right now. And I hope he continues to do what he does. And I'd love for him to, you know, get in that conversation of Cy Young. Uh, how great would that be? You know, it would be great. I think he's right now as of Friday, when I was listening, uh, he's like, in terms of odds, he's still third. Well, uh, Verlander's, Verlander's having, yeah. I mean, just crazy. Still leading and he's got this, you're fighting against, I think it was Connor McKnight. I was listening to him uh, on the Sox pregame show the other day. And, and he said, he's, you know, Cease is fighting against three things. One, the fact that, you know, he walks a lot of guys, so that's going to hurt him in his Cy Young bid Two, that, you know, Verlander, the story, the comeback, all that stuff. And I can't remember what his third point was. Maybe it's just the fact that you're pitching on a team that's a 500 team. Yeah. So it's going to get, it's hard to get noticed and it's hard to get those votes. And, and again, it's the White Sox and and the story isn't with us right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the perfect situation for Cease would be, um, you know, the Astros are coming to town. Um, we're going to see the Astros next week. It's a four game series. Uh, Cease pitches in one of those games. And he does really well. Uh, we rough up Verlander again. The Sox catch a heater uh, down the stretch here, have a really exciting September. You know, we're flexed maybe. We've got some, you know, some national exposure a little bit. And, and Cease can get his name out there and what he's been doing. Um, that, that's the hope, you know. I, going into Sunday's game, fan graphs had the White Sox uh, still with a 46.3% chance of making the playoffs. So um, you're telling me there's a chance. You know, and, and anytime I talk to, to folks in, in any way, whether it's on social media or in person or, you know, just pleasantries like in the neighborhood, like, well, what do you think? You know, what's going to happen with this team? I still say this team can win, should win the AL Central. I believe in it, honestly, not just a homer thing, but I, I believe in it. But at this point, it's like you're a mediocre team winning a bad division. What does that really say uh, at the end of the day? You know? Yeah, I don't know, Nick. But again, uh, I, I'm, I'm gotten to the point where I'm done trying to figure out or predict what this team is going to do. Because every time I do that, they, well, you know that if they play a four-game series on the road, they're going to split. That's, that's, they just, they don't want to, uh, they, they have no interest in trying to go three or four or God forbid sweeping a four game series. So I know that to be true. We've got four games coming up against Kansas city, doubleheader Tuesday, and then, uh, and then Wednesday and, and Thursday. I, I don't really know what to expect because Kansas city always seems, seems to be a thorn in our side. They could be 
as they are this year in last place with no uh, real hopes or dreams going forward and find a way to split that series. And then you go to Detroit. So you got seven games against bottom feeders. Boy, this is the time where we would go. It would be great if they could just go on a run and go, man, wouldn't it be, if they can go six and one, wouldn't that be great? They'd be, they'd take control of this division probably. And, and maybe even put some distance between us and the twins and, Dare I say, depending on, I don't know who the twins have next, but well, gosh, I just don't know, Nick. I just don't is, know. Yeah, this is a stretch where um, you, you got you got to take care of business against Kansas City and Detroit. Because after Detroit, we've got four with Houston. And while we have four with Houston, uh, Minnesota plays Kansas City. Mm. So that's just a look, you know, in the future. Um I, at the at the beginning of this 19 game stretch against sub 500 teams, I was aggressive and just threw out, you know, can the Sox go 14 and five? And here they are seven and five. So they would have to, um, you know, basically dominate the week and go seven mm-hmm. in a row. And I don't think that's obviously attainable at all. Five and two would be outstanding. I think five and two is more of the realistic. And then you end the stretch at 12 and nine, which is, Nothing really to, you know, to get too excited about. But again, that's what this team is, Yeah, you know. Well, you're going to, we're going to be putting on our Dodgers and Tigers hats on for the next couple of days because Dodgers and twins. So mm-hmm. you got to hope the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do and and, and hope that AJ Hinch, our, our, our long lost uh, one once thought of manager that we had inked on a piece of paper, yep. uh, does something for us and helps us out and, uh, and beats the Guardians two out of three. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, again, it's, it's just like treading water, treading water and, and kind of stay healthy. You know, Ronaldo Lopez is supposed to be coming back. I think on Tuesday, uh, Lenin Sosa has been up. He obviously didn't get any playing time on Sunday. And from what I understand he's just like a warm body. I don't think Larusa is going to play him much because they just need a roster spot. Um, so, you know, Look, I, I next time we talk next Sunday, I, I, I guarantee it we'll be we'll be two games out, right? We'll be two <laughs> games out of Central and uh, just trying to figure out like how are we going to handle Houston? And know? Paige is just keeping him off the 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 White Sox calendar, Nick. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let's uh, again, it's a it's an opportunity for us to make some hay. We haven't been able to do it all year. Maybe now's the time. Uh, what's, what's the, what's your saying? Um, expect nothing, hope for the best. Yeah. (laughs) Expect nothing, hope for the best. There we go. White Sox baseball, expect nothing, (laughs) hope for the best tickets on sale. Uh, Pat, always a pleasure, buddy. Talking White Sox with you and more. Yes. And, and much, and and, and more. more. I'm always in for and more, (laughs) buddy. It's great to talk to you. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Folks, uh, really appreciate, uh, you letting, Uh, us enter your world and talk some White Sox. Hopefully these conversations uh, continue uh, in your lives with uh, Sox family, friends, coworkers. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast, uh, free, subscribe, pass it along. Uh, We're on social media on Twitter at GoodGuysTV, and we've got a Facebook fan page as well. Uh, For Pat Hester, I am Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.